This shit a motherfucking layup. I been Steph Curry with the shot. Been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 12 of Curry in the Pot. Can you guys believe it's been a dozen episodes already? Well, this is only the beginning. We had NFL draft over the weekend. We had some second round series begin in the NBA. So let's get right into it. Today's topics are... I want to talk NBA playoff action, of course. The second round has now begun. I want to share my predictions on what I think will happen. I also want to talk Chris Paul. I got I got some things I want to say about him. And I'm going to get into some local news. So let's get right into it. First things first, I'm going to start last night. I'm going to start with the defending champs. Uh, the Cavs and the Raptors series has begun. And I just, I just don't think the Raptors have a chance. This series is going to be really short. At best, the Raptors will win one game in Toronto, but the series is going to be done in five or less. Let's let, let's let's be real here. The only way that the Raptors have a chance in this series, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan have to both average 30, and that's not going to happen. It's just not. The other guys on the Raptors, they, they, didn't, they didn't do a good job last night. P.J. Tucker and Ibaka were the only other guys in double figures. Or Corey Joseph. Uh, he didn't do anything. Uh, Norman Powell, he had 12, but he didn't shoot well. I just don't think the Raptors have a chance. The game the game kind of got disrespectful early. We saw LeBron uh, catch an alley-oop off the backboard from Kyrie Irving. We saw Kyrie Irving do Norman Powell a little dirty. We even saw Iman Shumper, and Iman Shumper sighting. We saw him get a, a nice, beautiful dunk in traffic. I just don't think the Raptors really stand a chance, seriously. LeBron had 35 and 10. LeBron probably has the chillest 35 I saw last night. I It didn't even seem like he had 35, but LeBron had 35 and 10. Even Kyrie Irving had a double-double. Kyrie Irving had 24 and 10. Kevin Love put up 18. Tristan Thompson was himself with 11 points, 14 rebounds. These guys just don't stand a chance. And most importantly, the Cavs, they were actually running some offensive sets last night. It was... It, it was kind of weird because, you know, I'm used to seeing the Cavs on cruise control, but I guess they're, they're going to turn it up a notch each round, so we'll just see. Now I want to talk Rockets and Spurs last night. Listen, the playoffs is all about matchups, and the Spurs just do not match up well with the Rockets. Listen, I don't know if the Spurs thought this was going to be easy, but Memphis really gave them all they could handle. I think Memphis would have beat them if they really had another, you know, go-to scorer. But Houston got a lot of scorers. They got a lot of shooters. And uh, they just dismantled San Antonio last night. Uh, I want to talk keys to the series. My dad asked me the other day, do I think the Rockets have a chance against the Spurs? And I really didn't know what to say, but... But one thing I told him, I told him LaMarcus Aldridge has to play well in order for the Spurs to beat the Rockets. Then I look season series, the Spurs beat the Rockets 3-1 to one in the regular season. Well, we're, we're being shown that that does not matter. This is all about matchups. 
The Spurs do not match up well. LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't know what he's been doing. He had four points in 25 minutes, only attempting seven shots. You can't be the second best player on that team, only attempting seven shots and playing 25 minutes. Like, what are you doing? It makes me kind of glad that we didn't. the Lakers did not sign him. Uh, free agency, a lot of people gave me hell about that in 2015. But I'm kind of happy we didn't sign him now. Like he's a non-factor in this series. He was a, he he wasn't he wasn't really a factor last series, honestly, and that's why they almost got beat. I just don't think San Antonio can defend these guys, and I don't think they can they they definitely cannot outscore these guys. Like let's look let's look at the players on the Spurs roster. Who's who's known for defending besides Kawhi Leonard? Okay, Danny Green to some degree, maybe Jonathan Simmons, but let's look at the rest of the roster. David Lee, is he known for defending? No. LaMarcus Aldridge, is he known for defending? No. What about Tony Parker? No. Even, let's let's go to the bench. Pau Gasol, we know he cannot defend. Can Manu Ginobili defend at this age? No. That's right, he cannot defend. Manu Ginobili is too old. But I really want to talk matchup-wise. And I want to talk starting lineups and bench real quick in this series. We know Kawhi Leonard's going to get his, but who's going to be the second guy on San Antonio? It honestly has to be LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, we know he can do, we know what he can do. You know, he was a 20 and 10 guy in Portland at one point, but he has to have somewhat of an impact if the Spurs want to have a chance. Because when I look at the rosters, okay, you can put Kawhi on James Harden, but what about Ryan Anderson? LaMarcus Aldridge is not going to be able to close out on him. Houston moves the ball extremely well. They shot extremely well last night. They made 22 threes. Houston lives and dies by the three. I don't think they're going to, obviously not going to make 22 threes in a game, but they can they can make, you know, 12 to 15 threes in a game. They really live and die by it. And as a matter of fact, they attempted 50 threes last night. And San Antonio attempted 29. They were 9 for 29. You're not going to outshoot this team. You're really not. I can't really think of any dead-eye shooters on the Spurs anyways. I mean, you got Danny Green and Patty Mills. They can shoot the ball. LaMarcus Aldridge, he can shoot. Kawhi Leonard, they, I mean, they can all shoot, but they're not really no knockdown shooters that you, like, you're really scared if this guy's open. Like Ryan Anderson, you're scared if he's open. Trevor Reza, he's known for being a corner specialist. You know, James Harden. But I really want to talk about the bench. Listen, the Spurs, they don't have an answer. They're not going to have an answer in this series for, for Lou Williams and Eric Gordon. They have nobody on their bench that can combat that. Greg Popovich has to find a way, you know, he has to find a lineup that can stay on the floor with these guys. This series going to be interesting. I don't want to overreact too much just because San Antonio got blown out. You know, Greg Popovich is the best coach for a reason. He will find some type of adjustment, but I don't think this is personally a good matchup for the Spurs. And it's crazy that the Rockets could win this series and they could get killed in five next round by Golden State, which will probably happen. So I don't want to overreact too much, but I'm going to go Rockets in six. I'm going to say Rockets in six. The Spurs will make adjustments, but I'm going to say Rockets in six. I think the Rockets will win this series just based off of matchups. The Spurs... Don't have the personnel for these guys. I want to go real quick to Sunday's game. Uh, we had the Celtics versus the Wizards to start of the second round for them. 
Uh, that series begun in Boston. Obviously, the Celtics were the one seed. And people were really overreacting. I can't really... I, I got to stop getting on Twitter while I watch games. But people were really overreacting, saying the Wizards blew a lead. I say this repeatedly to my friends. I say this repeatedly, you know, amongst my peers. But basketball is a game of runs. Everybody's going to make a run. San Antonio, they made a couple of little runs. They tried, but it's a game of runs, seriously. Especially in the first quarter of that game. People were talking about the Wizards were up 16. Yeah, they were up 16, but they were up 16 on the road. You think Boston wasn't going to come alive at some point in that game? The turning point was really when Kelly Olynyk came in the game. He knocked down a couple of threes. Al Horford played really well in the second half. The Wizards didn't play particularly bad on offense, but the Celtics just kept making threes, three after three after three. Which leads me to game two tonight. The Celtics aren't going to shoot 19 threes. Let's be real. They're not going to make 19 threes again. They, they were 19 of 38 or 39. They, they were pretty much 50%. They're not going to do that again. I will give credit when credit is due. Jay Crowder, he plays well at home. Their role players play really well at home. Uh, the TD Garden is a, is a lovely venue. They play really well at home. But the Wizards, gotta, they got to find something out. Uh, Markeith Morris will play tonight. He said he will play. So that's going to be a big boost for them. But the Wizards, they got to get their other guys going. John Wall and Brad Bill played great. John Wall had 20.16 dimes. But they gotta get some they gotta get some more production from their bench. They had a little spark from Bodanovich that almost got them back into the game. Kelly Oubre played well off the bench, but that was he was taking up Marquis Moore's minutes. They were running a small lineup. They just have to defend the three better. And they were also getting killed in transition as well. And they have to defend Isaiah Thomas on the pick and roll better as well. He was seemingly getting just about any shot. Or finding his man. He had 33-9. and nine. And I'm just looking for the Wizards. I'm looking for the Wizards to win this game. I, I have the Wizards winning this series in six. A lot of people are overreacting uh, about the crazy shooting barrage that Boston had. But that's not going to happen again. You heard it here first. It's not going to happen again. The Celtics are not going to make 19 threes. They were just really hot. And I give credit when credit is due. They played well. They played extremely well. But it's not going to happen again. But Al Horford was the big spark. He nearly had a triple-double. He had 21, 10, and 9. He played really well. He shot the ball well, too, 10 and 13 from the, fi from the field. I think I think having Marquis Morris' presence, because he, he, he's, he's a physical guy. He can match up with Al Horford. Al Horford was just getting whatever he wanted. And I look for the Wizards to win game two tonight. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I know I've been waiting to talk about this next topic. I told everybody the Jazz were going to win the series. I don't want to hear no blah, blah, blah. Blake Griffin was hurt. I don't want to hear that. I said Jazz in six, but Jazz got it done in seven. Winning on the road at the Staples Center. That's big for them. It may help keep Gordon Hayward around. He's a free agent this summer. But the Clippers, what are you doing? You forced the game, you forced the game seven by defeating the Jazz. In game six, in Utah, 
and you just go back, and they they almost laid an egg. They played terrible that whole game. They had a late surge at the end, but they just did not look good. Gordon Hayward balled out. He had 26 in that game. Derek Favors, who was big off the bench, he had 17. Derek Favors was giving out favors. And Chris Paul, I'm not going to let you off the hook today. When your team needed you the most, you had 13 points. You did have nine assists. But you were six out of 19 from the field. Your team needs you the most in a game seven. But J.J. Redick didn't play well. He only he only hit one three. I believe that was in the fourth quarter. DeAndre Jordan played particularly well. He had 24 and 17. But I picked the Jazz to win this series off the strength of Gordon Haywood and Rudy Gobert. You guys clearly saw when Rudy Gobert returned that his presence was felt. I mean, obviously, it doesn't really matter who won this series. I picked the Jazz to win because they're just food for Golden State next round. And the Jazz will be food for Golden State starting tonight in the Oracle. But what's next for the Clippers? Chris Paul is a free agent this summer. So is Blake Griffin. So is J.J. Reddick. We don't know will Doc Rivers return. The Clippers are gonna do whatever it takes to keep Chris Paul. I don't. I don't really know about Blake Griffin. I know they're gonna. I heard they're gonna try to give Chris Paul a five-year, two hundred million dollar deal. I would. I don't know, man. If Chris Paul wants to win, I say he tries to get on the team like the Spurs. I. I don't. I don't really see it happening at this juncture right now. But I could be wrong. Could see something unfold when free agency starts. It's kind of too early to tell. But what's gonna happen with the Clippers? Will Doc Rivers return? What's going to happen? We don't know. I want to say, I can't really say they should blow it up, but honestly, what are they going to be doing? I mean, they're, they're staying relevant, obviously, you know, having, you know, four plus four, like 45 wins or more, you know, each season. You know, they've been playing great since Chris Paul came to La La Land, but they just don't have enough. I don't see them beating Golden State. They can't even beat Utah with this core. Obviously, Blake Griffin was hurt, but they wouldn't have got out of the second round either way if Blake Griffin was healthy. So, I don't know. But I want to talk Chris Paul. I saw something yesterday that since 2000, every team in the Western Conference has been to the Western Conference Finals. Except for the two teams that you played on. Why? I got to know why. When you were on the Hornets, you guys couldn't get over the hump. I mean, I, I give you a little more of a pass for that because you were going against Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Ginobili in that prime. You were even playing Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol. And you saw, you know, those two teams were a force. But I even saw Phoenix get to the conference finals, you know, a year. They had Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, the rest of the crew. Um, who else got to the conference finals? Carmelo Anthony even got to the conference finals. So Melo got there. I can't give you a pass. Your, t- your Clippers teams were better than those teams that I just named. Even the Utah Jazz got to the conference finals. They got to the conference finals in 07 versus the Spurs. They had Darren Williams. Darren Williams was really good. Carlos Boozer, Paul Millsap, Kyle Corver. They had guys like that. But your team's... All the teams that I just named, your team was more talented. 
and I definitely won't expunge that that blown 3-1 lead to the Rockets in 2015. That would have been your first trip to the conference finals. I can't excuse you, man. I can't I can no longer give you a pass. You were you are you were known as the best point guard in the NBA for a while now, for a while. Obviously, with the likes of Steph Curry and Westbrook, that has changed. That dynamic has changed. But you were the best point guard for a nice period of time. You know, a floor general, a true leader. And you never got to the conference finals, man. Sucks to suck, man. But I knew the Clippers weren't going to. You weren't going to do that with the Clippers. You know, that that franchise is cursed. But I got to get to the Golden State-Utah series. The series is... It's going no longer than five. Let's be real here. Gordon Hayward is probably good enough to get a jet, get the Jazz a game, but I don't know. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum couldn't get the Trailblazers a game, and Kevin Durant missed two of those. So I don't know. It could easily be. It could. It's gonna go five or less. Honestly, I could easily see the Utah getting getting swept because they may have a lineup that gets you know Rudy Gobert to not be able to be on the floor. You know, they got that death lineup with Steph, Clay, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. I don't know if Rudy Gobert can stay on the floor for a lineup like that. So I could see the series, you know, I could, I could easily see the series being a sweep. Local news really quick. The Nationals have been playing really well lately. The other day, they beat the Mets 23-5. to now, like I said, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but scoring 20 runs is like, that's like, I don't even know, man. That's like beating your team in basketball by 40 or 50. I said that on a record before. I don't want to overreact to baseball too much. The Nats are playing really well. They're 17 and 8 right now, but we know baseball is a long haul. It's 162 games, it's 162-game season. So I'll talk baseball, you know, soon. But the Nats have been playing really well. Bryce Harper's been playing great. They've just been playing great as a team. NFL draft, I want to talk Redskins real quick. They had one of the best drafts out of any team in the NFL. I mean, obviously, we got to see these guys pan out. But the value that they got some of these players for was tremendous. Jonathan Allen in the first round. They got Ryan Anderson from Alabama in the second round. I think he could take Trent Murphy starting job next year. He's suspended. So Ryan Anderson could take Trent Murphy's job. Uh, the one pick I really like is the third round. They drafted Fabian Moreau, cornerback from UCLA. He was a first or second round talent. He he only fell in the draft because he tore his pectoral bench pressing at the combine. But the guy has blazing speed, runs a 4-3. Uh, he's a press corner. He's actually a converted corner. They played running back when he first got to UCLA. So that's... The, that's, that's, he has a lot of potential, a lot of upside. Obviously, we don't know what he will do this season because he's coming off a torn pack, but they say he should be ready to come in September, ready to play in September. Racing got Bashar Breeland in the contract year. Who knows? Fabian Monroe could be the guy in the, for the future, obviously. Another pick I really like is the Samaje Piran pick. Fourth rounder uh, out of Oklahoma. It was a lot of talk about Joe Mixon. But Samaje Piran, I didn't know this, but he has the record for most rushing yards in a game. He rushed for 427 against Kansas. And I think, obviously, they needed somebody to come in there and challenge Rob Kelly. 
Matt Jones has fallen off a cliff. Chris Thompson is just a, you know, receiving back. But I think Samaje Piran will ultimately be the Redskins, you know, lead back once the season rolls around. But it's only May, so we don't really know. A lot could happen between now and then. And obviously, I said earlier in local news, the Wizards play tonight at the TD Garden. I believe that game tips off at 8 o'clock. So, go Wizards. I think the series will be tied 1-1 before we head to game three in the Verizon Center. I honestly want to go to a game. I might I might got to figure out a way to get myself at the Verizon Center, the game three or four. But I just want to thank everybody for listening really quick. I know it's been a couple of days. I want to thank everybody for the love and continued support. I love talking about sports. I hope you guys love hearing this as much as I enjoy talking about it. I got a lot of things planned for you guys. I got, you know, I might talk conspiracies on the podcast. Uh, One topic I'm really going to talk about soon is, you know, what happened to the Thunder, the rise and fall. How the Thunder had potentially three top five players on their team at one point. They had Westbrook, Harden, Durant. Scott Brooks was the coach. I'm going to do that episode real soon. But again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 12 is done. Thank you, everybody.